Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hi everyone. So today we have Ms. Aprajita Sood with us who is the head of people at India Gold. Hi Aprajita, how are you? Good, Ipshita, thank you. How are you? I'm good too, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights and journey with us for our speak for our listeners. I wanted to know can you share more about your journey so far with us? Sure. So obviously it goes far back, but I'm not going to um, you know bore with details, but um so i've been in uh, human resources um, you know people related uh, roles bit and everything for last 20 years now obviously i've had you know some uh, phases where there has been a gap mm-hmm. but i've been doing this for 20 years and um, the reason why 20 years uh, is because i actually started working right after school um oh. and hence 20 years from a perspective because i couldn't decide what i needed to do and you know uh, like what stream do i need to take in the in college so i think like, you know why waste the time just actually start working be financially independent just be i was just slightly rebellious <laughs> at that time so i wanted to be independent and trust me since then i haven't um, you know looked back my journey started with uh, you know these uh, international call centers bpos that we know of uh, today at that time they were just starting off um so that's how i started i've been um, you know a sales executive that's what my career starting trajectories have been I moved to learning and development uh, because of that because apparently I had very good hold on the product and obviously I understood the custom you know the soft skills that were needed when you deal with customers uh, basically so you know that that combination was something that was noticed and that's right. how uh, learning and development happened uh, for me uh, because then I was obviously given an additional responsibility to train people that happened uh, you know from then 10 years was just purely learning and development uh, and then you know post that i kind of realized that learning and development has become a lot of my comfort zone it's almost like my second nature right um i i realized that this is what i love doing but i wanted to do a lot more um in human resources because it was all related to people uh, right and i realized right. that you know there's so much more than um, you know just doing l&d and that's how i you know uh, slowly got into recruitment then got involved in recruitment marketing um worked with you know an it company called uh, publicis sapient that's a saas company so worked with them for about a while that's where my recruitment stint started uh, then went on to be with amazon linkedin um, and then you know literally today i'm in my third startup uh, today like working for a third startup today and really that's what the journey has been you know learning and development started recruitment then i got into people operations you know some bit of admin um, bit and everything and then um, you know kind of then being in a startup where all of this needs to come together and i'm just you know when i kind of look back and i was like i don't know how it happened it just happened and it just so organically happened that right. i can't be thankful enough uh, right um, and yeah yeah here i am 20 years later uh, doing what i love doing and i have there's not been a day that i've been bored doing this so yeah awesome that's quite an enriching journey 
for 20 years you have been in the industry. I wanted to know what emerging trends do you foresee in the HR landscape, especially in the context of future of work? See, emerging trends, obviously AI for sure. Um, You know, I know there's a lot of talk that AI is going to replace a lot of jobs fit and everything. But the honest fact is the AI is never going to replace jobs. It's just, I think we are trending towards that space where we are trying to come to terms that how to utilize AI to be more productive in what we do, right? right. To be faster, more productive, right? And I think this this is an emerging trend from going from being scared of AI replacing jobs to actually working with AI to be more productive and get things done faster is definitely one of the trends that's going to stay by. And then I think the second thing, which which is again in talks right now, which I now feel is going to happen very strongly is the psychological safety at workplace, right? Right. Um, Being in India, being in a culture, you know, where we brought up, uh, you know, the way we've been brought up it and everything, we've obviously not been taught to speak up, right? But that's changing. Um, You know, if you're not doing, if you're not feeling mentally safe, if you're, if, you know, if you are overburdened with things, if, you know, things are getting too much, Right. I think that space to talk about this is definitely emerging. And I I feel a lot of companies, no matter the scale of the business, no matter the scale of the organization, I think that realization is there now. So these two trends, I very, very strongly feel are definitely going to play a very, very important part um, in the talent landscape also as well. So, yeah. Yeah, good points you touched upon. Talking more on the AI side and technological front, in a rapidly evolving work landscape, how do you see technology and automation reshaping job roles and responsibilities? See, going back to that, um, you know, the same thing again, Nipshita, I think just, you know, helping people be more productive, uh, pushing people to, you know, learn and be more technological savvy. And, you know, the good part is, but that with this the current generation, you don't have to tell them to be technological savvy. They're anyways, they've been like born and they have these tablets on their in their hands. It's just that shift of like kind of like I said again, I'm like working with technology as opposed to seeing it as an enemy is a very, very important aspect because I, you know, with no matter the kind of layoffs that are happening, no matter, you know, companies shutting down the businesses bit and everything, even today, there is such a mass majority of people that are, you know, looking for jobs, right? And with the digital space, when it comes to technology, even the jobs that you thought that you did not want somebody doing, you can easily find somebody sitting in a different corner of the world and get that, get that work done. Right. Uh, right. So, and this is all technology. This is nothing really yet. It, uh, you know, connecting, you know, even remote uh, places on, you know, um, in the world is is where I see is, is a very, very important uh, factor. So, you scale, you're going to be easily, I think a lot of businesses will definitely be able to scale a lot faster. Obviously, productivity is going to be a lot better than what we see right now. Remote jobs definitely are not going anywhere. Uh, right, because I mean, like, there's so many skilled people that you can get in touch with only if you look and you look only in the digital space, right, which is right. obviously backed by technology. So, you know, really, this is this is where we are, basically, on this. So, yeah. 
Yeah. And with the increasing importance of work-life balance, how are you carving the HR strategies shaping flexible work policies to meet the diverse needs of the employees? See, we work in a hybrid model, right? I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, since COVID hit, I, everybody, every organization around the globe has realized, which obviously was not even in talks that remote work is also an option, right? Or hybrid right. working is also an option, right? So we still do hybrid. Um but I am I am a completely pro of not doing 100% remote. And I'll tell you the reason why. Maybe a lot of people might not uh, mm-hmm. be very happy hearing this. Is But, you know, see, we are, you know, psychologically, people are meant to socialize, right? And when yeah. you work 100% remote, that factor, that, you know, that space uh, of connecting with people, of delivering, of building those relationships cannot happen if you're 100% remote. Absolutely cannot. So a work-life balance, I feel, can be very, very easily maintained if you do a hybrid model that you are working, meeting, talking to people face-to-face that you're working with, but also going back, taking a step back and able to focus on this, on the things that you need to deliver. Because that's also, you know, with so much going on uh, right around you, it's very important to disconnect yourself as well. And you can do that very easily in a hybrid model. Uh, right. So most of our policies, processes, and like I said, I'm like, you know, we, we've continued to have a hybrid model, um, even if things are fine now, but we continue to do at least a hybrid model for um, everybody in the organizations. Yeah. All right. Great to know that. Also, you mentioned you have previously done learning and development and you're part of a lot of HR strategies, employee engagement, etc. So in mm-hmm. a future where work may be more decentralized, how do you ensure high levels of employee engagement and a sense of connection to the organization's, organization's mission and values? I think in a in a world like us, uh, right, I think, uh, like I said, that's the reason I kind of talked about people being very social beings, right? And I, I don't think we can ignore that. Engagement plays a very, very important part. And it's it's becoming ever so challenging uh, yeah. to, you know, keep uh, people engaged. It is challenging, you know, even today, even with 20 years of experience, can I say that I have 100% tapped into you know, uh, be able to kind of keep all my employees engaged 100% all the time? No, because, you know, there are so many factors that's playing into account. So one of the things that we've, we evolve when it comes to engagement, I think that's one thing's important. And I realized it, thankfully, uh, sooner than later, evolving into the needs of your, you know, the people is right. very important. And then creating your engagement activities around that is very important because, you know, you could be country span wide operations you could be a global operations uh but everything but every human being's need remains the same they want to be appreciated they want to be acknowledged uh you know once in a while they definitely want to be rewarded for the for the value that they're adding uh right so that remains a very you know specific constant and that will never change because human beings will never change as psychology we will never change so I think few things that I, I do, because we are a countrywide operations, as a few things I do is do like my definite monthly connects, um, you know, with our virtual, you know, teams sitting in uh, different cities, definitely do that. Ask them on how, you know, they're doing, what is it that, you know, better that we can do. Being open to celebrating, you know, occasions that are more important to them than being opposed to the fact that no company company why we only do this occasion celebration no going completely opposed that doing that having to meet with them in person even if it's once a quarter 
right? Uh, keeping your lines open for anybody to be able to kind of pick up their phone and call you, uh, you know, message you that, you know, we, we need the support or we, you know, we need to talk about this is very, very important. And I feel I'm like going away from the fact that not team building activities are important all the time. People just want to be heard. Right. And with digital space, that's, you know, that that is decreasing. So continue to give space to people to be able to connect with you in real over a phone call or anything just so that they need somebody to talk. And I feel that's the biggest engagement factor that you can actually, if you have the time, you should definitely do that on a regular basis with your people. So yeah. Definitely great advice and words of wisdom you shared there. With advancements in technology, how is your HR department leveraging digital tools for effective learning and development programs? And can you share some examples of successful digital learning initiatives within your organization? See, we're now really focusing. So my team now has been trained to use at least a couple of AI tools, uh, right? So... Uh, so that's one of the things uh, that we are kind of doing to kind of at least build on engagement activities. The second thing that we are kind of in the process of doing also is is creating a chatbot, right? That that initial help, that instant help that somebody needs, right? They get a response um, on on that also, but they're still able to talk to somebody um, in the team, if even if not the chatbot, right? So that's that's how we kind of using the technology tool, uh, but and everything to kind of at least continue to engage. Uh, with our employees and again like i like i also said technology also plays a very very important part because there's a there's a constant monthly basis there's a form that goes out anonymous form that goes out to the people only to kind of share anything and everything that they want to talk about um our learning and development programs are developed around the fact and it goes back to recruitment specifically the recruit uh, D part um, it goes back to the recruitment from a perspective because when we are talking to people, interviewing them, we obviously in those conversations, we realize what are their strengths and also the areas of uh, improvement for them or the things right. that can be worked uh, on, right? Um, and if we hire that person, we already have all of that documented, right? So we have that data that anybody who's come on board, what are their strengths and what are their areas of improvement or things that they want to upskill on? And we evolve and we look at our current training programs, uh, engagement activities on a quarterly basis. Look at this data and discuss and evolve and change, edit, introduce new uh, learning and development initiatives to be able to cater to the new, uh, the newer people that are coming in. So that's for newer people. Right? For existing people, obviously, you know, if they've been in the system. Right. Um, regular connects with them really helps because you're kind of, again, documenting, receiving a lot of data on what's going on, where do they feel, and especially the appraisal process. Uh, right. right. What are they saying? Where do they feel, at least according to them, for their growth? What does their growth mean to them? So, again, that happens on a quarterly basis for us, for external and internal uh, people. We continue to do that. Um, yes, there is scope of, um, you know, improvement. Um, in that, because we've just started, it's been, just been a quarter that we've actually uh, done this. But, you know, we've, we've received like positive feedback uh, from our people that, you know, they feel that, you know, uh, you know, that now there is a point that there's a lot of focus on upskilling, um, you know, people who uh, who are in the system. So, so that's how we kind of using technology, data, AI uh, to be able to kind of help us, um, you know, evolve and what the people needs are. So, yeah. Right. Correct. Also talking about the remote work and hybrid work we discussed previously, 
As we look into the future, how is your organization and other industry leaders prioritizing employee well-being, especially considering the challenges associated with remote work and hybrid work? Yeah, I think that's a very good question, Ipshita, because honestly, I've, I have been at that place where I overlooked this part, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, there was this point um, that we were doing this one of our quarterly and one of the employees kind of asked a question that what is the people function team doing about uh, mental wellness of the people? And that triggered something so deep inside me. I, you know, it's going to be tough to kind of explain that. I was like, you know, how being in a people role for 20 years, this was something that, that I never really thought that needs to, you know, this is something that needs to be built upon as well. Right. And that's where, understanding of psychological safety uh, came into being and I started researching uh, about this bit. So what we do now, I think since then, even if it was one person that kind of brought that up and I'm pretty sure that if one person is saying a lot of people are thinking about it, but they're right. not comfortable uh, asking uh, or sharing anything on that. So what we started doing is that now, um, you know, we part, we've partnered with, uh, with companies uh, and even, you know, the the partner that we take uh, group insurance with that, you know, we have on-call psychologists who are available. We have regular uh, talks that people come in from. We have given an anonymous space for people to reach out to these doctors to space and we don't want to know about it, even if they don't want to go through that. And this is this is really what we've done because there's so much information we've received um, you know, from our partners, obviously they don't share the names of these people, but that's, I'm like, I don't even, we don't really need to know that it's, it has to be a very unbiased right. um, way of looking at this information as well. But there's so many things that, and I think one of the things that kind of came out was that, um, you know, people feel disconnected of where the company is heading, right? And that's a, and I'm not surprised when it came, um, this was one of the statements that came, right? That I was not surprised because if we are completely remote or even if we work hybrid, there are going to be people who will feel disconnected to what the core of the organization is. They are going to feel disconnected to where the company is heading. And this mostly happens in, you know, startups because, you know, being ever so dynamic, things changing like every minute, sometimes overnight. Right. Uh, right. So, and that one thing kind of came up. So what we've started doing in our town halls uh, is that we make sure that anything new, any important decision, what the company milestones are going to be, um, you know, what the goals are going to be, we make sure to announce that through town halls or newsletters or, you know, just emails, uh, written everything. And that, you know, that's something we've started doing so that people at least were there because, we don't want them because one person's feeling disconnected. The others are maybe feeling disconnected as well. So um, we've actually built that also that we consciously make sure that even if it's the minutest change that we're doing or minutest, um, you know, change that's going to impact anybody and everybody's role in the organization, we make sure to communicate that um, on a regular basis for sure. Yeah. That is really great. Kudos to you for maintaining this transparency as well as taking care of the employee well-being. Also, seeing that you are in the leadership position, how is leadership development evolving to meet the demands of the changing workplace these days? Wow. So, you know, I'm going to go back to my response, um, you know, how we kind of using technology, uh, you know, for it is evolving. It is evolving every week. It's evolving every month. It's evolving every quarter. Uh, right. Um, right. Right. Just that I'm like, 
you know, we just have to make sure and I constantly keep on talking to my, um, you know, founders about it, my management team, functional heads, fit and everything that keep up with the market, read, understand what's happening, um, you know, outside in the market, where is the trend going, talk to your own people, right? What are their needs? I'm like, instead of business, once in a while, just kind of talk about something else and just know what motivates them. Uh, right, they might, you know, because there's a certain connect that, you know, functional heads have there with their own specific teams um, as well. So, like I said, I mean, it's ever evolving. Um, uh, do I have a specific response to that? No, but what I can for sure uh, very confidently say is keep up with the trend, um, you know, because it's changing so fast that with a blink of an eye, you might be thinking of something else and, you know, you might end up doing something else. Right. Right. So, being constantly in touch with what's going on, uh, with your people, with outside, where is it trending, everything. Very important. Yeah. And before we wrap this up, do you have any tips or strategies you'd like to share with the listeners here for the ways they can adapt themselves and prepare for the changing dynamics, especially for the HR professionals? Sure. I think one of the things, and and this is very personal to me also, Epshita, that, you know, find a coach or a mentor. This could be somebody internal, external, somebody who tried things, has a certain amount of experience, find a coach or a mentor, you know, because once you have that support, you know how to deal with situations. They will not do it for you, but they will help you walk through that, um, you know, that situation and learn from that. So very, very important. Um, second thing I very strongly feel when it comes to human resources, uh, right, I like a lot because it's so people oriented, right? I'm like right. education, getting, getting degrees, um, you know, studying uh, with, uh, you know, um, like I said, getting all kinds of certifications but and everything is definitely helpful because it helps you set a base. Um, on, you know, on what the base knowledge of any any of the processes uh, or functional aspects of human resources is. But till the time you don't get down to doing things yourself, don't experience things yourself and actually fail. Failing is extremely important. You know, fail, but get up and learn from that. Um, you will not be able to relate to uh, people, issues, situations, understanding what the minutest things that actually can make a very, very big difference when it comes to human resources and being like, right. you know, successful in human resources. So I would, I would really say uh, this uh, basically, and you know, but lastly, actually, um, the world is changing. Uh, HR has, is now seen a lot like another business stakeholder and yeah. uh, not just human resources and it's actually changing uh, right i i have seen it i've been seeing it for 20 years so i can actually vouch for it it is changing it has changed to quite an extent so be glued in with numbers be glued in to what the business decisions are being taken ask questions very very important to ask questions because until unless you understand the business you will not be able to deliver or create processes policies for what your people really need to excel with ever dynamic changes to that. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing about your journey as well as sharing these tips with us. I'm pretty sure that the listeners will find them very useful. Thanks, Ipshita. I hope so. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Hoping to do more mm -hmm. sessions with you in future. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Ipshita. Thank you.